Well, all right. Happy New Year, 2020. Wrench Nation hanging out with you. Our very first show. We welcome you back of the 2020. We hope you certainly had an amazing New Year, non-eventful. Maybe just kind of segue right into it. Easy peasy. As we do every week, we take you on an automotive journey right here on Wrench Nation. That kind of automotive vibe where we highlight the good works of the automotive industry. We take you on a magical worldwide, in fact, journey. And we thank you, all of our KFNX listeners, 90.7, 88.7, our podcast familia. You guys rock. And as I tell you every week, it's always an honor to spend some time with you guys. Uh, we have a jam-packed show. And as I say every week, man, we got Mrs. Susie Sockets hanging out with us. Susie, welcome back. Happy oh, New Year. yeah, Frank. You know what? I love this time of year. Well, we love our people, man. Well, you guys are giving us a lot of feedback. And, of course, this time of year, uh, I'm sorry, my North Dakota family. I'm sorry, my Quebecans and my Canadians. It's beautiful weather right no, now. No, I'm not talking about the weather, Frank. What are you talking about? I'm talking about I love the smell of car shows in the morning. Car shows. Can yeah, you, baby. Can you smell what's cooking in the kitchen, people? <laughs> <laughs> well, we always enjoy hanging out with you guys. And, of course, if you have uh, any sort of car problems or woes, well, to be quite frank with you, we probably won't answer them on this show. <laughs> and some of you say, wait a minute, that's not right. Uh, but we will get on our Wrench Nation Facebook, uh, and certainly we're just kind of kidding around. You guys can reach out to us, uh, 480-655-8870. You may have a brake squeak, a check engine light, hopefully not for the new year, and uh, we will help you the best we can. I want to get right into it because we are excited before we get into some automotive news. Uh, we are honored, uh, as we do uh, just about every show, uh, we are honored and privileged to bring you some of the talented folks in uh, this uh this week to open up the new year, why not? We've got some Formula One, indie, driving, sensation, entrepreneur, best-selling author, a television broadcaster, and a professional speaker. We've got uh, Derek Daly coming on the show. Uh, in fact, Derek, uh, a lot of you entrepreneurs out there, you want to hang out with us. I know this is a car show, but you know how we do. We have a cross-section of subjects. Uh, Derek was not only a champ behind the wheel at the Indy 500 and at Sebring, but he's got a recent book out. Uh, you can find this book out on Amazon. Highly recommend you guys if you're in small business or, hey, you're just on a journey to be a better you. Uh, that's a champion's path. Uh, race team tactics for business. Be extraordinary. And that book's that book, I like it. I like it. Part yeah. of it, it's, it's well put together. Yes. Uh, I like the cover. Looks and inviting. For, and for a guy like me, it wasn't a 300-page book. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, Derek uh, Daly is going to be joining us here shortly, and we're excited. And then later in the show, you know, this is car show season, and we've had uh, Peter Volney uh, running the concourse of Fountain Hills. He's been on the show before, and, of course, that is coming up again. Well over 700 cars, well over, well over $100,000. Every time they do this show, they raise money for Phoenix children. So I want you guys to hang on. We do have these gentlemen coming on the show. And we're going to dive in. I've got a lot of questions for Mr. Derek Daly uh, about, well, what's it like to be behind the wheel? Formula <laughs> One. We've had a few Formula One folks on in the past. And, and uh, we always, always are honored to have these folks uh, share their journey with us. Uh, Susie, we got shout-outs. We can't forget our people. Yeah, we sure do. So we've got one. Uh, well, hang on. we got to tell the people. Well, yeah, what's the criteria? Well, we just want to create the rules, people. If you visit our garage, Desert Car Care Chandler, we give you a big old hug, and we give you a shout-out on air. Isn't that cool? And, you know, if you got kids, kids love to be shouted they out. They do. Uh, and that's just our way of just thanking you. And so go ahead, Susie. Who do we have this yeah, week? Yeah, so we've got uh, all the way from Limerick, uh, Ireland. He uh, just moved to Arizona. Wait his, a minute. You say Ireland? Ireland. Oh, Don't we have somebody? Mr. Derek oh. Daly is from Ireland. There you go. All right, go So ahead. Patrick Brown. Is, all right. Uh, came Big in, shout out. Yep, came into the shop. We also have Mike and Rhonda Wong, who came into the shop. Right now, on. Awesome. They're not from China, but they speak Mandarin and Cantonese. That's close enough. Well, if they speak it, I'm saying they're from it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Mm. And then we've got a third one um, on my list is Jeff Trimble. Now, Frank, I'm going to let you take this one. Oh. This was the 67 Corvette. Well, this Corvette, oh my goodness, this Corvette is, you just imagine every aspect of performance, tuning, and horsepower on a Corvette. This car has it. Most the, unique. The paint will have you drooling. Yes. And guess what, people? Mr. Jeff is coming by the garage tomorrow. We're doing some alignment work for him. And uh, it's funny, i got to share this with you uh, before we tap into the last uh, uh, shout-out. You know what? Let's just have respect for those that have got, oh, well, let's just face it. You may have a car that's $100,000 plus in a slow, slow build, renovation, performance outfitted the way you want. You've built it. Now, here you are. You're getting ready to go down into a garage. Well, Jeff, when Jeff calls, and we met him at the, at the car show, the Custom Cars Canines, Jeff's like, hey, can you work on this? I said, yeah, but we'll be drooling a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and so he called, and he said, hey, with this alignment, do you think you make adjustments from the top side by the engine bay? And I said, yeah, probably, you know, a caster, camber, all that. He says, well, don't worry, I got fender covers because this is a very expensive. <laughs> I said, well, we got fender covers. So if you have a custom, I thought that was brilliant. That is brilliant. Now, in our shop, we have we have we do. covers. You know, we try to, you know, not in, exercise our insurance and scratch your car. And But I like that. So if you have a custom car, why not? If you're going down to your local rock star mechanic that may not see a custom or, you know, that $15,000 paint <laughs> job, Get your covers. I like that idea. I, that's a great idea. All right, last shout-out before we go into the news. Uh, Michelle Johnson, uh, who is part of Community Impact Newspaper out of Chandler Gilbert. And, of course, we got to give a shout-out to Legacy Traditional School out of Chandler. Oh, nice. And specifically, the student, the daughter of Miss Michelle Johnson. Oh. Layla Johnson, you are. Layla. Rock. So there's your shout-outs for the weekend. So a lot of good news happening. And, of course, CES, uh, which is the uh, Consumer Electronics Show, always brings the excitement. We can kind of tap into the future. And there was a lot of buzz across the board about technology. But specifically, it seems like everybody's getting into the car-making business. Well, how about Sony? What? Sony, you the make audio good equipment, well, TV, no. entertainment. No, man, they rolled up with a with a Sony car, the S Vision. Okay, I'm visioning it. Uh, it's a beautiful looking car, but again, th- this is a concept, no. and so everybody got excited. So, oh, Sony's coming out with a car. All okay, right. add them to the list of choices of your vehicle purchases in the future, but not so. Remember, a lot of this is done. Come on now. Publicity, of course. That's all right. We all need a little publicity. But really just to show, hey, guess what? We can, but you can't have it. (laughs) That's like a fake out. That's a fake out. So I thought to myself, wait a minute. We got some fake outs. In other words, could the equivalent of you listening of a fake out be you bought a $200 pair of sneakers and you don't use them but to show up to to work? You're not running a marathon (laughs) in those $200. So the S Vision is maybe saying, hey, listen, just because... We're not getting into the car making business. We can, but we won't. So psych. Psych. That's right. That's <laughs> can right. Can we think of anything else in life where it's like, all right, head fake. Well, I can think of one right now. All right. So when you walk into our lobby, there's a nice, beautiful TV sitting there. There's a beautiful big screen. That's right. And I've had customers say, does it work? Well, yeah, it works, but we don't subscribe to anything. We don't put the TV <laughs> on. <laughs> Although I have to say today... Uh, Frank we had, did. I had difficulty figuring out how to turn the thing on. <laughs> yeah, that's a head fake. Yep. Uh, of course, we had Trump was speaking. Our president was speaking, and we turned the TV on and quickly turned the TV off real fast. <laughs> 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 so uh, I do want to bring, and I want to share out with you guys a little bit of uh, car conundrums. We always like to share what's happening in the garage, and we feel that you may be effective. If you own a uh, Jeep, a Dodge, uh, anything in the realm of uh, the Dodge Durango, the Jeep Grand Cherokee. Specifically, I know there's a lot of you guys out there, 2011 to 2013, there have been issues. Uh, There was a recall. This was some time ago, back in fall of last year. We're starting to see a few of these end up in the garage. Now, what's the problem? Well, you could be driving, and the worst thing that happens, good night, Charlie, the thing just shuts off, and you're stranded in an intersection. Oh. Now, that's what we call died in flight. Right. And so this is a big problem. And, and to further go on here, uh, this fuel pump relay, uh, Dodge has found that this relay can just kind of like your light bulb, just shut off. Right. 
And if you ain't got a relay, you ain't got voltage, you ain't got a fuel pump, you are dead in the water. Now, where it gets interesting is we had one of these come in. And, of course, as a part of what we do, the first thing uh, as technicians, we're going to check for recalls. We're going to check for service bulletins. We want to do our little homework before we start scanning and communicating and all this kind of stuff. So we found out that this vehicle, a Jeep, was the exception for some reason. I think it was a production date cutoff or something. Right. Had the very same fuel pump, fuel pump relay issue. Yep. And, you know, I, I got to share with you guys, because a lot of mechanics will do this for you. They want to get excited and give you news and say, hey, listen, you don't have to pay me today. It's under recall. And I kind of got excited. But the further I got deeper into it with the VIN decode and all this, it was like a wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Not covered. Uh. So I actually made a few phone calls just to make sure I wasn't making a mistake. So what are the symptoms? Now, a lot of you guys are saying, great, Frank, I'm not going to tinker with my ride. I have one of these Jeeps. I have one of these Durangos. Well, I'm going to share some tips with you. And for that matter, on any fuel pump that may be on its way out. Very important. You may have in the morning what we call an extended crank. Well, it's a little like your knees cracking. You got a little extended wake up. (laughs) You have an extended crank. So that means you're going to crank the vehicle, and instead of its normal woo-woo fire up, it's got a lot more of the woo-woo-woo-woo-woo-woo, then it fires up. We call that an extended crank. And so what may be happening as an early indication of your fuel pump getting ready to go out, is you're slowly building up that fuel pressure. It's tired, and that'll be an extended crank. So that's one symptom. The other thing that you may have, you guys may be driving around with a vehicle. And I know some of you have this problem. Fuel gauge. You fill it up, and it says half, and then the gauge moves all over the place. Well, remember, those fuel pumps are submersed in that fuel tank, and that's a module. And with it is a very light toilet float. Think about your toilet float. Goes up and down, flush me. Goes down, fill me up. Up and down, same with the float. It's attached, comes as one unit with the fuel pump. Right. So if your fuel gauge is on the fritz, your fuel pump may be on its way out as well. Right. So, because it's tough to say, all right, great. When when am I going to stall in the intercept? When is this guy going out? So if you have those symptoms... Of course, take it into your mechanic. They'll test. They're going to check pressure, mm-hmm. and they're going to check volume. Those two ingredients. That's of good course, information. There's good voltage. I just yeah. didn't want to tell you about a recall. Not Do I have you. time to kind of share something I that say, I learned? come on, this is the okay. new year. I'm going to share something real quick. Now, when my mom was alive, she used to always tell me, keep a full tank of gas in case you're ever being chased. And I get it. That's what, what wait, a mom wait. says, okay? Mom a criminal? Mom, no, I'm not, mom's not a criminal. She just wait always wanted to protect her daughter. Wait a minute. Keep it a full tank. Keep it a full tank in case you get chased one day and you want a full tank of gas so you can get to a, a okay, destination. Wait a, okay, wait. You know I got to stop you there. Yeah, go ahead. People are asking because that's unusual advice. That's unusual advice. I've heard keep a half a tank. Nope. What was mom afraid of? What were, who, who was going to chase Susie? In case anybody was going to, like, stalk me or something, okay? Just a simple mom so I have protecting gas daughter. So I have enough gas to get to San Diego. That's right. Or to a police station, uh, right? Or a well-lit area. The uh, reason why I'm saying this is because <laughs> I wasn't always financially uh, able to keep a full tank of gas. So yeah. I, would let, I would drive my car down to almost empty. What I learned working Mom in, did not like mom you. Mom did not like me. But what I learned working in the garage... I didn't realize that that could prematurely make yeah. your gas, yeah, your fuel no, tank, we're, right? Your fuel we're pump. on the fuel pump subject, and yeah. you're right. And, and, you know, there is some truth to that. So here we go, guys. We said that fuel pump lives in the gas tank. Not a cam-operated fuel pump, but it lives in a gas tank. Well, part of what keeps that little electric pump comfortable and cozy is the nice, cool, quenching feel of the gas. Right. So there is some truth. If you run, if you're that person that's, ah, I'm going to just run this to E all the time, well, you're not going to catch the thing on fire. I don't want you guys to worry. It's not going to heat up. But that electric pump starts, what does electric pumps do? Well, they'd have, they're going to run a certain temperature. They get a little warm. And so that gas helps keep it cool. So, man. So you, if I take a hot pump into the gas station and put some nice cold gas on it. You can put ice cubes in your gas station. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pull her off. <laughs> Oh, man, you're so crazy, Susie. All right, well, we are, we're going to bring you back, guys. Uh, we are excited to bring on, uh, gosh, Formula One indie driver, of course, uh, entrepreneur, best-selling author, television broadcaster for many years, and currently professional speaker with a series of books out. 
Derek Daly. He's going to be joining us. Formula One, baby. We're going to step back in time. <laughs> nice. You guys stay tuned. Ranch Nation next. Bolt-On Technologies Automotive Software Solutions. Auto repair shops that have Bolt-On Technologies software provide customer vehicle condition reports, including photos and text, real-time digital reports, multi-point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. Info at boltontechnology.com. Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Frank and Susie hanging out with you right here from East Valley Institute of Technology. Always tell you folks, uh, you parents, my parents out there, come down to the school, check it out. Great trade school, automotive welding, you name it, they got it here. There is a demand for trade, so I invite you to come down to the school. Uh, Derek Daly is our guest, and uh, in 1985, Derek started a 10-year association with uh, ESPN Motorsports as a color analyst. Prior to that, uh, he was involved heavily uh, in the Indy uh, race circuit in 1983, made his first of six starts in Indianapolis 500. In 1984, he almost got killed in one of the most atrocious 200-mile-an-hour crashes at the Michigan International Speedway. We're going to talk about that. But first, we give a warm welcome. Derek, welcome to the show. Hey, Frank. How are you? Good I'm wunderbar. You. you know, it's so great. Thank you for holding, by the way. Not a, no, no, no problem. It was interesting to hear you t- you two gab. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, you know. You a good feel for the show. Yes, sir. We, uh, we, we just have fun, you know, and, and we're honored yeah. to have you. You know, Derek, you've been around for some time. Your courage and commitment really uh, to be the best on the track is renowned. Let's just face it. Of course, that's translated to a lot of what you're doing today. Take us back to the early years uh, when you started and. A lot of uh, youngsters are listening to the show. Uh, you got to make some sacrifices when you start, Derek. What kind of sacrifices, man, to get on that Indy 500 track? Uh, did you yeah, have to go? Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and just think about Ireland in the in the early 70s and, and late 60s when I was a kid. I mean, we didn't have a racetrack. My dad sold vegetables in a corner grocery store. I wasn't connected to racing in any way. And I just had a fascination for cars and began to understand that racing happens. And my dad took me to a race for the first time when I was 12 years of age. And that was it. Uh, that's what I was going to do. I, I, I told him right there and then I'm, I'm going to be a professional race car driver. And that was a bit of a stretch, you know, considering that all the other kids in the neighborhood did was play soccer on a little grass patch. Uh, and, but, uh, I mean, I did a variety of all sorts of wild things and and the model is different frank these days i know sure but i mean back then the only way i could make enough money to buy a racing car was i became a laborer in the iron ore mines of australia for six months of the winter of 73 wow. Wow, that yeah. is a, that's a sacrifice yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. wow and, and, and i tell people it was the dirtiest hottest hardest most enjoyable thing i'd I had done in my life up to that time. It was, such an adme- it was such an adventure. Can you imagine going to the other side of the world and becoming a laborer and just working day and night, as uh, many hours as you can, to make, make as much money on a mission to buy a racing car? I mean, that, you know, was ba- that was the basic start. It is incredible you say that because I, I hear two things that some of our audience believe, well, my family's not in the business and I'm not going to be in it. Not the case. And, of course, racing's changed. Of course, you mentioned and. And hey, if you if if grandpa and father and mom were in the business, yeah, the, you got a good chance, right? But you started from scratch. The second thing yeah. I heard that a lot of people can relate to: How do I know this passion? How can I take that passion? Well, you know what? You hustle, you hustle, yeah. and nothing yeah. like hustling in the Australian mines. Oh my gosh! <laughs> right. And how many times do you hear? Oh well, I don't have a sponsor. Oh, right. yeah, that's yeah. huge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you have to prove yourself before you can attract a sponsor. And, I mean, we all went through that same route back in the early days. And, yes, it was different, but you still had to go through the same model, as I call it. You still had to get out there. You still had to find a way. You still had to prove yourself. You still had to introduce yourself to people. You still had to make relationships. You still had to develop networks. And what I tell kids today I said, if you think a sponsor is going to be your route to success, you might as well stop now. Because a sponsor, all he wants to see is your dedication. And if you're waiting for him to make it easy for you, well, then you might as well just stop now and not waste his money. Man, that's golden truth right there. Uh, Many may have that mixed up and 
Oh, I need a big platform. I need, you know, I need to be a winning driver. And no, man, they're looking for dedication. They want to see how much yeah. you can fight through. Because look, you're gonna have the losses. You're you're gonna have the, you know, a, a tire that goes out, a cylinder that's dropped, yeah. and in in any business. Uh, and I and I find that amazing that you mentioned that because we do, like I said, we have, you know, we have folks listening right now that are that are like so close to what they really want to do, but they just say, you know what, I, I'm. It's it's not happening. So, you know, I, I, I'm going to throw in the towel. It's just not, I guess it's not for me when it could have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the easy thing. I do I do a lot of seminars for, for young kids, uh, you know, because of some of the books that I wrote. And some kids will come in and they're absolutely glued to every word you say. They come up afterwards and they have more questions. They email you afterwards. They're so interested. Some come and they're just they're looking around and they're looking at the window and they're there because their dad said, you need to go to this. Sure. And so even at that early stage, you can tell those who are internally driven. And no matter how much your parents push you, get out there and do it. Unless you have that internal driver to drive yourself to make things happen, you usually miss the boat you do and it doesn't last because you're doing it for all the wrong reasons at times as well so here you are you come on australia um you got a couple dollars in the pocket you start formulating you start setting up the workshop you're ready to race take us back that first race uh derek i mean you had to been eyes of wonderment it had to been so much excitement how did you stay chisel focused behind that wheel where did you take yourself well in the early days you're still, you, you have such a lack of knowledge, you just rely on your instincts and reflexes. You're, you're just trying to survive because you really just don't know what you don't know. And so the early days, a lot of heartache, a lot of accidents, because you don't know how far, how far you can push. Um, you're your own mechanic, you're your own engineer. Uh, and, and, but but the, the easy thing would be to give up. I think the big difference for me was, was when I moved away from Ireland and went to England to race. Uh, that, was, that was when I called, when I was, the first steps I took as a professional driver. It was 1976. Um, um, I, I, I could afford to race and, or to live, but I couldn't do both at the same time. So I bought an old school bus, and I moved into a school bus, wow. lived in it, put a racing car, a toolbox, and a sleeping bag in an old school bus and moved and just went race back to race back in England. You talk about a guy that's, you know what, nothing's going to stop Derek. That's right. If there's a school box that's got my name on it, yeah. let me get, give me a pillow, yeah. I'm in there. And, and, and it was so basic, but, but I needed to give myself an opportunity to show people, hey, if, 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 if I'll do this little bit, will you help me a little bit? And all these little bits got added together. And at the end of that year in England, they have what they call the Formula Ford Festival, F-O-R-D. It's, it's 150 drivers from around the world descend on this track in England called Brands Hatch. And it's a shootout. And may the best man win, and you just do your best. And I managed to go there and won all the races and the final that weekend. Wow. And two weeks later, I got a call from a sponsor in Ireland who says, hey, I recognize that you got the dedication. I'll take oh, you to the next level. That's and awesome. so nice. suddenly the rocket ship took off. He bought me the next level of car. I won more races. He bought the next level. And so together, you know, luckily he gave me the equipment that I could deliver the results. And suddenly the rocket ship took off. And it was a mighty mighty ride on that rocket ship all the way to formula one wow that's incredible if you're just joining us we have uh, author and motor racing legend derek daly uh former formula one indy 500 driver long time network tv analyst entrepreneur and well currently sought after uh keynote speaker in fact uh we uh derek let's get uh i'd like to give your website out and of course we'll repeat that throughout the show uh i own a company i own a business i've got some culture uh, i'd like to improve on my culture where can folks find you to possibly uh, get you to speak at their events? Very simple, very easy. DerekDaily.com. D-E-R-E-K-D-A-L-Y. DerekDaily.com. 
everything you need is right there. Yeah, you can't. Come on now. You got a race car driver that'd give up. He slept in buses. He worked in the mines, <laughs> and he got on the track. Now, things were going well. And, and of course, look, people say it. Uh, we've had several uh, uh, from the race industry. In fact, we had uh, Lynn St. James that comes to mind. She's a phenomenal you know, rookie of the year, Indy 500. Amazing. She's an yeah. incredible spirit doing many, many things for the future and education of the uh, industry. And, you know, we asked her the same question. It's like, you know, many of us, let's just step away a little bit. How about the first day on the job? Let's not get hoity-toity. Some of you saying, well, I'm not a race car driver. You know, I get that. But it's all of that hard work, that energy. Bam, now it's showtime. Bam, it's my first day on the job. And here you have it. You train. You go through the motions. You don't give up. And I imagine, Dirk, when you speak to a lot of groups, corporations and, uh, you know, athletic training groups and, and you name it, I bet you there's a sentiment in that room that really at the end of the day, hey, just show up. Yeah. Yeah. But show up ready to go. Show up committed. Show up dedicated. Show up ready to make a sacrifice if necessary. Show up and be prepared to go beyond your best if you're required. And so when you begin to do those type of things, you begin to mirror the type of people on these extraordinary racing teams that I've been lucky enough to be uh, racing for and racing against. And that's the type of culture that permeates to the small number of teams that are ultimately have sustained success in our business. And I love to just uh, radiate that type of information to corporate America because corporate America has a thirst for, tell me how it's done under intense pressure. And, and, I, and I, I simply asked them, I said, hey, you want to know what the model of exacting human performance that operates under pressure in compressed time frames looks like? That's our sport. And this is what it looks like. Yeah, it's no doubt. I mean, great program. I, I yeah. get such a kick. Frank, as you can imagine, just trying to relay the stories that I've lived through, luckily enough. Yeah, and we're going to talk about some of the uh, stories. Uh, in fact, we'd like to dive into how do you make a comeback from what would have been a tragic, <laughs> I mean, tragic uh, accident on the track. Uh, Derek Daly, uh, Formula One driver, speaker, author. We're going to get back. We're going to uh, go back. We're going to step back in time, uh, 1984 in the Michigan Speedway. How do you make a comeback from that? Stay tuned. Ranch Nation. Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores. Nationwide locations. You know, one of the problems that I can have working in my garage is parts aren't delivered on time. The quality isn't there. Well, guess what? Who's yelling at me? My clients. And they're likely not to come back. Well, the Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores. Amazing service. Knowledgeable counter folks. A complete line of original equipment. Parts that our customers deserve. If you're an installer, Get on to PartsAuthority.com. Check locations nationally near you. PartsAuthority.com. Welcome back, Ranch Nation. Uh, Frank and Susie, always, always a pleasure to hang out with you guys. Remember, if you miss bits and pieces of the show, uh, you can catch a replay on the weekends. KFNX 90.7 and, of course, uh, 88.7 in the podcast. And, hey, get on to RanchNation.tv. We upload the show and we'd love to have your email. We don't spam. We have a weekly newsletter uh, let you know where we'll be. And, in fact, I do want to remind you, uh, we do have Peter Volney coming on a little later on the show. He's the mastermind behind one of the uh, premier car shows in the country out in Fountain Hills. He's going to be joining us. But for now, we welcome back Formula One uh, driver and author, speaker. Is there anything you don't do, Derek? <laughs> <laughs> I don't do what Peter Volney does. Oh, oh. isn't he's incredible? Yeah, he's incredible. I don't have the patience, yeah, or the knowledge. He's yeah. the man for organizing these great car shows. And I got to tease our audience a little bit. If you didn't join us last year, Peter Volney organizes one of the largest car shows. You know, putting these car shows, we're talking to the tune of over 900 cars. Mm -hmm. It's done at Fountain Hills. And there are a few surprises. We're going to hold off. We're going to let him say that. But he'll be joining us shortly uh, because that show is coming up uh, just in a few weeks. Uh, Champions Path, uh, race team tactics for business. Be extraordinary. Uh, it's uh, one of the books out by author Derek Daly. You can find that book on Amazon. And, of course, uh, we have Derek back with us. Derek, you, you know, you were on the track. You were gaining confidence. 
Uh, things were going well. You really earned your keep. You started building up a name, and the inevitable happens. It's one of the things that, unfortunately, comes uh, can come with the territory uh, with any race circuit. You had a pretty vicious crash. Take us mm-hmm. back to that 1984, uh, what could have been tragic. Take us back to that time. Yeah, I, I raced in Formula One for five years, had an amazing time, and at the end of 82, we finished the U.S. Grand Prix in Las Vegas in 82, and about four or five weeks later, I got the chance to come and do my first IndyCar race in America in Phoenix. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, yeah. Raceway. Yeah, never knew nothing about IndyCar racing. Drove that race and thought, man, these things are fast. And that, uh, that really grew my interest in the Indy 500. I thought, I would love to do the Indy 500. So came in 83 full-time, 84 I was in a great situation, but at the end of 84, uh, September, I got involved in a huge crash at Michigan at uh, the Speedway and was all, all but killed. I mean, I, I had 14 surgeries, um, intensive care, hospital for two months, wheelchair for two months, crutches for two months, and I was in therapy for two and a half years, um, just trying to recover. But, but, you know, you ask the question, how, you know, how do you get back? I, I asked that question myself when I was lying in the hospital bed, and, and, it, and it was a difficult one to answer. But once I began to come off the medication, I, 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 I thought about a conversation that I had with my dad when he took me to my very first race when I was 12 years of age. And when I told him I wanted to become a professional race car driver, he told me two things. Uh, I, I, didn't rem- I didn't know what they meant at the time, but the first was he said, I'll, re- I'll help you all I can in your career, as long as it's not financial, I knew exactly what that meant. <laughs> and, then he sa- and, th- and then he said, always remember, you'll be completely responsible for the legacy that you leave in the sport. That meant nothing to me until wow. my accident. Wow. Because when I had my accident, I suddenly thought, I would hate this to be the legacy that I would leave in the sport. I want to go out on my own terms. And so as soon as that made logical sense to me, it sent me to physical therapy at a faster clip, um, and I, I knew I had to get back to racing. I had to get back into a racing car. I had to race again and then leave on my own terms. And eight months after, um, while still with a walking cane and, and, and severe pain in my ankles, I actually qualified for the Indy 500 eight months later, wow. and I was back in a racing car. So it gave me the opportunity to leave on my own terms when I wanted to go into television broadcasting. But not, not everybody can do that. And again, I say to young people, look, if the window of opportunity is slightly open, you sometimes can be responsible for forcing it open and making things happen. And I'm just glad that my mentality was that I, I, I need to make sure this isn't the legacy I leave, that of the accident, and therefore I had to get back. And so it became an adventure, another adventure. How quickly can I get race fit and get back to a racing car? And I've seen it done many times in our sport. You know, I'm not unique. Rick Mears did it. He had severe foot injuries just like mine. Um, you know, so it, it, it happens regularly in our sport, but I'm just glad I eventually got back and got, got to leave on my terms. Do you think, uh, whether it's through racing or any other setbacks, that we do have to own 24 hours in a day, and that's what we have today? Yep, 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 yep. And, and, and the old adage, um, you're not beaten when you're knocked down, you're only beaten when you stay down. And when you begin to understand that, it becomes that internal driver that we talked about earlier on, it keeps people going in the right direction, stretching for what may not have been possible unless they wrap their mind around it and committed to it. Yeah. You know, you ranked at uh, 10 in the world with six starts at uh, Indy 500. Um, talk to us about the 12 hours of Sebring uh, back in 90 and 91. How different is that? I mean, obviously, it's, it's, it's 12 hours. It's, what, kind of, um, what kind of tactic and strategy does that differ from uh, sort of the, the 500 yeah. series? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the so the twelve hour races you do it with two drivers. Uh, it's endurance. Not only do you have to go fast, but you have to go fast for a long, long time. And it was a different 
uh, concept for me because you have to be aware of fuel consumption. You have to make sure you're always aware of other people around you, slower cars and slower classes. And so it's a different type of discipline. But it, it, it's a race that is, is satisfying in a, in a way because it's so mentally draining and so physically draining. And ironically, I was with one of the biggest and best teams in the business, uh, the Nissan GTP program. But interestingly enough, when I won it in 1990, we were on the podium. You get your champagne, you get your trophies, you get your check, and everything is great. When we were driving away from the racetrack that night, my wife said to me, wow, isn't that really cool that you won? And I suddenly thought, who really cares unless I tell them? And Frank and oh. Susie, for, the, for, for that, that, that was when I knew it was the beginning of the end for me. Because I had got back after my accident. I won the biggest international race of my career. And I knew, hey, now you're back at the top. Maybe it's time to leave now. And I knew that was the beginning of the end of the wind down of my driving career. I was already in television broadcasting. And I knew the next transition was natural and now was the time to do it. So I raced one more time, 91, and I won it again. So now, That was the sign. Yeah, that was That's that. it. <laughs> I think we're yeah. with you. It's every ending, new beginning, and you ended yeah. right on the top. Yeah. But I, I think you mentioned a great point, whether it's, you know, athletes in basketball or football. And, you know, if you look at the greats like Michael Jordan or, you know, uh, Joe Namath perhaps going yeah. way back, you know, athletes, I mean, they do think about, you know – yeah. I got to end out on a note. And it's funny because you mentioned having certainly identified with, hey, dad, I get the finance thing. I got you. I'm going to hustle. I'm going to work hard for that. Yeah. But this whole yeah. other thing, I'm, I heard it. Maybe I'll figure that out as I go. Yep, the legacy. And yeah. it comes to you. And it's great to hear that now because I feel, you know, there are many entrepreneurs that, let's say the first three to five years are sloppy, messy. They made it. They're in a groove. And then that five to 10 years sort of settling in you know, dialing it in, growing, more training, more technology, and then the legacy speed comes. So, like, I feel like we're that way. I'd like to share a personal experience, Susie and I in the garage. We're mentoring. We've got students we're mentoring in the garage. And I feel like, you know, it's more than just fixing cars. It's more than just racing. It's like, why not come out with a great book and share that? Why not speak to groups? Why not train a young Chloe, a female young mechanic, that everyone has said, hey, you can't do this. Uh-uh, come in my garage, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> right. Um, so I really, really admire um, where you're coming from. Yeah. Do you ever get folks, uh, let's let's turn on, we're going to get to the, we've got about, uh, we're going to stretch this out. We've got about three to five minutes. We're going to touch upon yeah. broadcasting because that I know you had an illustrious sure. career there. But I want to fast forward into recent years. What is one of the most difficult sort of post-speaking engagement questions? You know, you're, you sort of have a personal one-on-one with maybe eight to 10 people in a circle after you speak. Were you ever stumped by a question after a great speech about, you know, the motivation of what you can truly acquire and how to be extraordinary? I'd like to put you on the spot, Derek, and ask you, have you ever been stumped? Have you ever had to say, you know what, I got to go back to the drawing board or, you know, that challenged you and made you grow and say, you know, I got to incorporate this in my next speech. Well, of course, I'll say no, because <laughs> so when I am stumped, I just back up a little bit and rely on a bit of the Irish blarney, and that usually gets you through anything. <laughs> but I love that. Yeah. yeah, I've had some really interesting questions afterwards. I, I had a lady crying, cry one time after it, because she said, oh, I saw myself in your story, and, and now I see how you came through it, and I gave up too early. Now I see the way I can go forward. But... In corporate America, the biggest question I, I get, and sometimes the most difficult to answer is, people will say, oh, I understand the culture that you talk about. I understand, you know, how to, how to um, push continually, but how do I get employees to do that? And sometimes I'll tell them, maybe you can't, particularly with legacy employees. They don't want to change their ways. They don't want to be motivated. They're they an don't exit. want to do things faster. Yeah. You know, they're the old days. So sometimes you have to wait till the legacy employees move out, and then you energize the new people yeah. that, that come in. 
Yeah. But here, here's something I'd say to, 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 to most audiences. I'd say, look, when you leave here, you will not decide your future. You will decide your habits. And your habits will then, in turn, decide your future. I love that. And That's, they all yeah. begin to ask themselves, whoa, what are my habits? Are my habits aligned with my goals? Are my habits aligned with success? And so if I can make them think, go out the door and start thinking and questioning how they react and what their habits are, I've had a good mission. That's incredible. I mean, that's, yep. the, that's getting into the weeds, the tactics, yep. Yep. You know, yep. which is really what we talk about. Susie. And here's a, here's a really good example just, just in our everyday world. Like if you're, if you're up for a promotion and you think yeah. to yourself, I'm going to get it because I've been here longer. I have seniority. That's not always the case. Just because no. you've been here the longest, you're not the best man for the job. I think you go back yeah. to those habits that Derek's saying, like, what, what have you worked on to... Exactly. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's entitlement. Right. Exactly. And, 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 Susie, you bring up a great point, because the old days, the old legacy way of running companies, entitlement got you a long way. Mm-hmm. But now things happen so fast. Things change so quickly. How many how many people do you know that they got a job and they stayed in it for their whole life? Oh nowadays, yeah. People say nowadays the statistic is you'll have ten jobs by the time you're forty years of age. So it's a completely new world we live in, and it's a performance driven world. It sure is. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, 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 sure it, is. it really is. Yeah. Uh, and and if I can just throw one more at you because I love conversations like this, the zone of peak performance is not a crowded place. Oh, I like that. Wow, that's promising. About, People give that. up. Yeah. 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 All right. I yeah. love that. Uh, yeah. Derek, I, yeah. I want to tell you, uh, just like, uh, well, maybe not exactly running the Indy 500, <laughs> but this show goes really fast too, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. But we are, we are going to catch you out at the concourse in the hills, and yeah. I want to give an opportunity. We've got about one minute. Uh, of course, if you're just joining us, man, we've got Derek Daly. You can catch us Twitter at Derek daily d-a-l-y 500 you can catch him on twitter and of course derek daily.com d-a-l-y.com great books motivational speaker derek tell tell the folks i want folks uh, to maybe catch up with you uh do you have any yeah. speaking engagements any public appearances uh tell us where you'll be over the next uh, month we can help uh, send folks your way oh next one i leave here i'm in i'm in indianapolis as we speak i go to seattle uh, next week, then I'm back in Phoenix. I'm in Orlando in February, uh, March, early March. I'm at Amelia Island. Uh, I know in, Ger- in May I'm in Germany. So that's just a few off the top of my head. Well, but, catch but the they can of- catch your events uh, where you're at, DerekDaily.com, yeah? Yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. But you can catch me in person. Yeah, we got yeah, that yeah. coming up. In fact, we've in got... Uh, Fountain Hill. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be an awesome <laughs> time. In fact, we've got... Uh, Peter Volney hanging in the wings. He's going to be joining us to talk about Concourse in the Hills. Any parting words, advice for a youngster that is so close, so close? What would you say? Well, when you, when, when you get close and you can feel it, sometimes you get edgy. And when people get edgy, they get a bit uncomfortable. And I love people being uncomfortable. Because when you're uncomfortable, one of the stories I ask, or one of the questions I ask, can you get comfortable being uncomfortable? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like because that. That's good. And <laughs> you live out on the edge, and corporations that are fast-paced these days are living more on the edge, not out with a risk factor. It's an intelligent risk that they, uh, they employ. But can you get comfortable being uncomfortable? If the answer is yes, you are ready for prime time, and you're ready to contribute to wherever you go if you bring the dedication and commitment with you. We love that. There you go. We yeah, love it. A champion's in. path. Race team tactics for business. Be extraordinary, Derek Daly. You can find the book all over Amazon. Of course, at DerekDaly.com. Derek, you're a rock star. We so appreciate you. We're going to do this again very soon. Yeah, let's do it. Thank you, Frank. Thanks, Susie. You're Great welcome. To talk to you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. You guys stay tuned. We've got uh, one of the largest, most premier, wonderful, amazing, eclectic, classic cars, exotics, the Concourse in the Hills. We've got Mr. Peter Volney joining us next. I want my-
mileage back. Of course you want your mileage back. And all the extra money you've spent feeding an engine gunked up with carbon. Your car needs its fuel system cleaned, and it needs it now. You need BG44K. It's the one dealerships use the most. In fact, they use BG44K almost 3 to 1 over any other fuel system cleaner made. To find a shop near you, go to BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. I got my mileage back. BG, BG. Legends of Speed. Now, race cars from Maserati, Ferrari, Bugatti, Alfa Romeo, driven by some of the greatest drivers in racing history, on display at the Phoenix Art Museum's exclusive Legends of Speed. This is Wrench Nation. Car talk, car culture, car tips, car music, all that is car. Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Uh, Frank and Susie, get on to WrenchNation.tv. That's your home base for over 180 shows uh, from NHRA to, gosh, Princess Barwani out of India. We had Wayne Carini. And I remind you guys, uh, we are going to be out at one of the premiere. We're always honored to participate, and there's always new things to discover. And more importantly, you put car people together there is going to be some money raised for charity and the seventh annual Scuderia Southwest Concourse in the Hills, people. Fountain Hills, it is just a quick drive right out of Scottsdale, Saturday, February 8th, uh, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It is going to be a showing. So we're going to be out there. And our next guest, he is the brain. He is the brain child. He's the organizer. <laughs> Mr. Peter Volney, welcome to the show. <laughs> Hello, it's nice to be back. It is, and we appreciate you. I know we spoke about this time last year, but before we dive in, man, current events, how are you? You have family in Australia. How are things going with all the fires? I have no family left in Australia. So, okay. Um, and as a matter of fact, we were there in August. There was no problem then, and it's quite terrible what's happening it's now. It's terrible. But, uh, yeah, yeah, so we wish uh, many blessings out there. So, yeah. uh, Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I, I do want to say to Derek, if, Derek, if you're still listening, and I hope you are, um, I've always considered that you are a uh, much, much better driver than me, but I have a much sexier accent than you. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, well, uh, Susie, we have our good friend. Uh, Paul uh, Northy. Paul Northy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Northy. And maybe we can get him to register if it's not too late. He's another one. Of, you know, we actually did a Facebook Live of us eating the... Vegemite. Vegemite. That was uh, yeah, pretty I interesting. That. Yeah, so <laughs> I got to say, um, you did actually start off with... Uh, you know, racing, and you were very fond and, and wanted to do this, but you sort of did an opposite thing and said, well, you know what, this isn't for me. Is that correct? And moved on. Talk to us about those early years growing up in Australia with racing. Well, I was really missing two things to be successful in racing. One was money, and the other was talent. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it, um, but, but it did lead me through, uh, you know, some of the sponsors that I had, like Castrol and, and Dunlop and... and uh, People like that. It led me. Um, it led me into the marketing side, and uh, fortunately, that worked out and provided uh, provided a few dollars. You know, I got to ask you because on the total opposite, you know, Derek really does an amazing job talking about. You know what? You got to keep going, and you got to keep going. You got to hustle. But you know, Peter, when do you decide? I mean, for you, when did you decide? Hey, I get it. No money, no talent. When do you decide to actually stop? Because some would say. Well, I can grow talent or I can keep trying to find money. What did it for you? I mean, you, you, you just walked away from it. Well, it really walked away from me more than I walked away from it. Um, you know, in the early days, I, I was competitive and, and did okay. But, um, you know, as, as it evolved, I, um, I realized I just wasn't competitive. Right, right. Makes sense. But you are competitive in many ways. And uh, we have a lot of marketing folks and PR types that listen to the show. You went on to grow a very, very renowned and reputable uh, PR agency as an agency owner. You developed those relationships. What were some of the challenges uh, early years starting off in business uh, as a, sort of a media individual and a PR fo- uh, folk? 
Well, it goes back to some of the things that Derek said. Um, you, you know, he talked about how there's very little competition. Somebody that I know has a wonderful expression that there's very little traffic on that extra mile, and that's true. So wow. if you just try, uh, and, and America, I think, is the perfect place for that. We, we moved to America 15 years ago. We think this country is just amazing, the opportunity that's here. But uh, all you really have to do is try and persevere. You're, you're going to get um, times when... When you lose, when problems come up, but as Derek will tell you, it's just like racing. You know, a wheel will fall off a car or an engine will break or, or you'll spin out. Something will happen. Well, get back on that horse and keep trying. Yeah, speaking of which, your first year running uh, what is, uh, gosh, such a passionate movement between community and uh, all of our um, automotive uh, community for sure up in Fountain Hills. Your first year at Concourse in the Hills, uh, how tough a go was that to convince uh, – uh, folks like the mayor and, and the town about, hey, we're putting cars on these greens out here. It, it wasn't that tough, to be honest with you, to uh, convince the mayor. That, that went pretty well because um, I, I underestimated what we were going to do. I asked the mayor for permission and said that I was hoping to get 100 cars, which wasn't too many. Um, we wound up with over 200, so um, I guess <laughs> it's better to uh, over, uh, over, uh, under-promise and oversell. But um, the big problem was getting sponsors because putting on a show is very, very expensive. And that first year, I think we had three sponsors. Um, people took one look at me and, and said, there's no way you're going to make this a success. But we persevered. Um, last year, we had 108 sponsors. And uh, it's a 100% charity show. Nobody gets paid. There's no paid staff. And last year, we raised over $155,000 for Phoenix Children's Hospital with um, almost five weeks to go, where we, we've already beaten that amount. So uh, what incredible, the incredible. Will be, I don't know. Yeah. So I want to I want to capture, and, and of course, this show goes way too fast. That if you're just joining us, please Saturday, February eighth, get out there ten to three p.m. Concourse in the Hills, the seventh annual. You will not, you won't go away bored. I'll tell you something. Give us an idea. There was a story, lots of cars coming every year, growing. And some of the folks on the perimeter said, well, wait a minute. This is way out here on the greens. We want to be internally. We want to be closer to where everyone else is at. What did you do real quick to, to change that as a marketer? Well, <laughs> that, that's a, a really um, good question. What we did is um, we found out that the Army has a vintage Cobra helicopter, an attack helicopter that, that actually served in Vietnam. Um, and we contacted them and asked them if they would fly the helicopter into the show, and they agreed. Uh, and then we called the Cobra Car Club and said, how do you like to park your Cobras around the real uh, Vietnam-era Cobra attack helicopter? Creative. Which they loved. We did and attracted a huge amount of attention. So uh, the following year, we contacted the U.S. Marine Corps because the modern version of the Cobra is called the Viper. Well, put two and two together. We called wow. and parked all the Vipers around the Viper helicopter. That is incredible. By the incredible. way, they're, they're coming back for this year as well. Yes. Oh, yes. So uh, we remind you, get out to uh, Fountain uh, Hills. Uh, you can get on to concourseinthehills.org. And I believe we have some celebrity guests. We've got Ari Londyke, Didier Thays, Har Harley Clarkson, and, of course, Lynn St. James, along with uh, Derek Daly. Am I right? You, you are, and we've just added, as of yesterday, Paul Tracy, another very famous indie car driver. That is awesome. That is awesome. We look forward to being out there. Uh, thank you so much. You rock. Peter Volney will see you out there. Concourseinthehills.org. Thank you, Peter. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye, Peter. Amazing. Uh, this is the season, people. Car shows. We'd love That's to see right. you out there. Uh, we'll actually set up a little uh, podcast arrangement with uh, and uh, you know sort of mics and all that good stuff, and... We'll have some Wrench Nation hoodies. How'd you like a Wrench Nation hoodie, people? Come out. On the very back of that hoodie, it says, have you hugged a mechanic lately? <laughs> <laughs> love it. Anyway, love hanging out with you guys. Thanks for hanging with the Replay Podcast, WrenchNation.tv. As I tell you every week, be safe, hug each other, and never forget to hug a mechanic. <laughs>